Star Wars 7x7 episode 1953 today. The fast facts you need to know about Spark of the Resistance and how it affects the story between The Last Jedi and the rise of Skywalker. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. This is a full spoiler episode, so if you have not read Spark of the Resistance and you do not want it spoiled for you, then you should save this episode for a later date. I'm not going to spoil the entirety of the novel, but I am going to flag things that I think are of interest to anyone who is interested in the time period in between The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker and who is looking forward to the events of The Rise of Skywalker and is curious about what might have happened in the months leading up to what we're going to see in that movie in December. And if you're cool with continuing, then let's just get into it. First off, I will tell you from a timeline perspective, if it really is the case, I don't know why I still can't wrap my head around the idea that it's only a year between The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker in-universe, but, you know, all signs point to that, so uh, it just still boggles my mind. But from what we know of Spark of the Resistance, it seems to take place about a few months after the Hosnian Cataclysm, in other words, a few months after the events of The Last Jedi, so maybe not quite the midway point between Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, but certainly it takes place after the events of the Allegiance miniseries, and as far as where it takes place in terms of Resistance Reborn, well, that has not fully been established yet, at least not by my, you know, digging into Wikipedia, and I have not been through Resistance Reborn myself, so, yeah, we're gonna have to update that a little bit, but for sure it seems to take place after the events of Allegiance. And we also know that Rey and Rose have worked together quite a bit, quote-unquote, in that time period. We also know something a bit unusual from Spark of the Resistance, and that is that Poe Dameron is still walking around with the idea in his head that Rey may not be, you know, that good of a pilot or not as good of a pilot as he is, and, you know, he spends some time kind of pouting about not being able to fly the Millennium Falcon in Spark of the Resistance, but ultimately, Ray's flying skills are put on display to such a degree that Poe has to say, oh yeah, I'm sorry I ever doubted you. You are a great pilot. So at least there is that. And something else that we find out about Rey is that even though she is still you know, working on her mastery of the Force and is expressing frustration at her ability to connect with it at times or to you know, get it to do what she wants, basically, one thing she is able to do, and you know, it's hard to say whether she intends to do this or not, but at a climactic moment, she reaches out to the planet itself, to the life force of the planet Minfar, for assistance with First Order TIE fighters that are chasing them. And she's able to connect with these creatures called Mechlies, or Meeklies, which are giant four-winged monsters that are able to attack and destroy First Order TIE fighters that are pursuing the Millennium Falcon. So it strikes me as sort of a similar ability to what Ezra Bridger demonstrated in the Star Wars Rebels TV series where he was able to connect with various creatures like the Pergil and the Lothwolves and so on and so forth. So it seems like Rey might have a similar ability and just 
hasn't necessarily figured out how to master it yet and make it happen on command, but certainly it seems like she was able to make it happen in a moment of crisis. And speaking of the planet Minfar, we find out that it was previously the home of an Imperial Weapons Laboratory, and Glenna Kipp, who is a scientist that worked at that laboratory, is not just a scientist, she had actually been working with the Empire until she saw how inhumane they were, and ultimately managed to free the Zyson, the Z uh, yeah, I guess that's as close as we're <laughs> gonna get on the pronunciation, uh, from the effects of the Echo Horn, which is this legendary weapon that that is sort of able to control people's minds. Basically, the, the way the Zyason described it is it's like hearing a song that they couldn't resist, and they still had their functional awareness, but they could not resist orders that were being given to them by somebody who had control of the Echo Horn. And so that is ultimately what the First Order was after, and this scientist Clement Kip was in theory working with them, but secretly what she was trying to do was destroy the thing. And not only that, but we find out that she was also in touch with none other than General Leia Organa. And she has been, well, you know, initially she is said, you know, they say, oh, you're a spy. And she's like, no, I'm a scientist. So yeah, not exactly a spy, but in the neighborhood basically, or at least performing spy functions while being a scientist. And so, yeah, this lab ultimately had the echo horn and the echo horn is basically not going to be of any use to anyone, at least as far as controlling human populations, because a First Order guy tries to use it on Poe and it doesn't work. And so, yeah, ultimately not going to be helpful <laughs> in that regard. But once the First Order has been dealt with, the folks from the Resistance are like, hey, you know, we should go back and check this weapons lab and see if there's anything else that would be useful. But there is some conversation over these experimental weapons like the Echo Horn, and, you know, is there a level at which the Resistance would say, yeah, we're not going to do this? Like, you know, using something like the Echo Horn, if it turned out that it could be useful against human populations, would the Resistance actually use that? And based on the conversations of Ray and Rose and Poe during this mission, they kind of decide, yeah, I think, yeah, there are limits to what the Resistance will actually do in service of delivering the galaxy from the First Order. It's a neat bit of ethics conversation that happens as subtext of the novel Spark of the Resistance, and I think that added a nice layer of depth to it. So kudos to Justina Ireland for, you know, <laughs> the story itself, but also for that, that aspect of it, too. But there's one other aspect that we learn that I think is probably the most exciting one in its way, and I'm going to share that with you after the break. Stay tuned. Hey Rebel Razor, I've made some changes to the Asteroid Belt level at patreon.com SW7X7 and they are all with sponsors in mind. So if you want to get the word out about your business, your product, your service to a dedicated Star Wars audience, then please check out patreon.com SW7X7 and look for the Asteroid Belt level for details. Again, that's patreon.com SW7X7. Welcome back. So one of the things we find out in the novel is that the Resistance has cobbled together a small fleet of Moncala and Corellian ships. And Glenna Kip apparently knows this because she's been in touch with Leia until recently, so it comes as a surprise to Rey and Rose and Poe when they find out that Glenna Kip knows this. Apparently they know it as well, and I have a feeling this may tie into Allegiance, so we'll have to get to Allegiance sooner rather than later in our discussions here, you and I. But 
the thing of it is that then comes into play is that knowing the First Order is going to be sending reinforcements to the initial ship that carried Glenna Kip there, the Resistance has to call for help. And so when a Star Destroyer shows up, a small fleet of ships comes to oppose that Star Destroyer and ultimately scraps it, destroys it. The novel does not tell us the composition of this small fleet. It just says a small fleet emerges from the ice rings around the planet and destroys the Star Destroyer. But it does say in the novel that the commander of this Star Destroyer is able to alert the High Command about what is happening on Minfar or around Minfar, I guess, as the case may be. And so that means that the First Order, if they don't have an inkling already, are going to get an inkling of what the Resistance is doing and the fact that it is gathering ships and creating a fleet. And they probably have a little bit of an idea of the composition of said fleet because of what they were exposed to at Minfar. And so ultimately, Sparker Resistance is helping to put the pieces in place, setting up the chessboard for us so we can see what the final conflict is going to look like in the Rise of Skywalker and for us to get an idea of how it's shaping up. And that is everything I'm going to spoil for you for Spark of the Resistance. There's still a lot to learn and I haven't ultimately talked about how the Echo Horn is dealt with, so I think that's probably, you know, the major thrust of the novel and so I managed to keep that a secret. You'll have to check out the story for that. But that's going to do it for this episode of the show. Thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. And may the Force be with you wherever in the parsec you may be. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other related Star Wars items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademarks and copyright holders. May the Force be with them. All original content is copyright 2019 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, Schedule package pickups through the dashboard and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com, code, program.